All right. Thank you very much for joining us for session 10 of our Stranded in the Southlands Fate game. I'm your Game Master Porter, and tonight we have Aaron and Tiffany playing. Tiffany, how about you introduce us to your character? Um, my name is Tiffany. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, eccentric earthen enchantress. Her trouble is stop selling. Her aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. Her latest aspect is I miss my grove. And the gear aspects she has are the earth song pendant and the staff of four seasons. Excellent. Aaron, introduce us to your character. Hi, I'm Aaron, and I play Eleanor Westergaard, and she is a human sorceress. Her high aspect or high concept is glamorous infiltrating enforcer. Her trouble is venom in my veins. And then her other aspects include fantastical facades, Westergaard family business, lady on a mission, and then her gear aspect is his dagger. All right. So last time was quite exciting. How about we get a quick recap of what stood out to you from last session? We had quite the mental combat right. going. That was really intense. So last time was all in the pallid court. And yep. so we met Lady Alashra mm -hmm. and she kind of gave us a little bit more insight into uh, the vampire world and about my affliction. Um, and Eleanor came to the realization that she, if she were to be a vampire, that she would be a very powerful vampire because the venom in her veins has been uh, brewing for 250 years. So that was quite exciting. Um, and then I didn't realize this at the time, but um, after kind of debriefing with the GM, it mm -hmm. seemed like that uh, Battle of the Wits was pretty intense as in that it was an attack on our lives like she wanted to keep, keep yeah ha things. had you actually gone had you actually lost and be had you become a vampire had had you actually like gone had you actually said yeah i'll go ahead and be a vampire in the pallet court that would effectively take your character out of the campaign you are a monster you are that that is not what the this game is not a uh is not Vampire the Masquerade. So that would have effectively removed you. Now, had you actually lost, that's probably, we probably would have had some other complications ensue. But um, I probably didn't do a good enough job establishing those stakes. I didn't realize that. I was sitting there <laughs> thinking, ooh, this would be kind of cool. I'm going to be very powerful, very glamorous. It's going to be a great life. Well, the fact that it was so alluring was kind of fun. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but then as the, as the combat, the mental combat, uh, went on we and her anger escalated mm -hmm. and she started to kind of unravel a little bit we started to see maybe this is a bit brutal and maybe it's not as appealing as she wants to make it seem very true yeah um and then we won the yep. combat we kind of circled around to the fact that nefrini owed her a favor and nefrini knew we were there and we were friends of Nifrini. And that was sort of the key piece that got us out yeah. of there alive. Um, and as we were rushing out, there was a guard who told us about, I can't remember their names. It, it ended with a, blood. come with me if you want to live uh, <laughs> moment. Right. Um, and, uh, and I'll, 
What was the name of the people? The The Shadows Shadows of Blood. Blood. The Shadows of Blood. Yes. So we'll pick up with that. And I I do want to, I think it's worth mentioning that the the social combat ended when she took a moderate consequence of lost the confidence of the court. And you saw the change in the way everyone around her viewed her. And uh, she definitely hates you guys now. And um, you have made a very powerful enemy. But you survived. She's our enemy now? Oh, you embarrassed her in front of her, in front of her people. Oh, man. Um, she is, uh, yeah, she, you, you have definitely, you've made a lot of enemies in this city, actually. Some of them more powerful <laughs> than others. Have we? Who, who does not, who are our enemies? Uh, how many scenes have we had? <laughs> we do not have an enemy from every, okay, so we've got the were tigers. Okay, I think this is very, <laughs> I think this is very important that we understand who, Hates us at this moment in time. The were tigers are angry at us. Yes. Hakan is angry at us. Yes. Festering Hef is yes. angry. And then what was the other one? Uh, the rather rat. The rat guy. Um, Rahid. Rahid. He's angry at us. Um, pretty much anyone we tried to extract either information or goods from. Henna is not and- mad at us. Henna is not mad at you. That is true. The va- and the vampires. There's a possibility you... that Nefrini could not be thrilled with us if she finds out that we gave Hannah the necklace. I am going to put this on the record that I wanted to keep the necklace. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Duly noted. But anyway, yeah, then we had the vampires that we rescued Yolok from. Yep. They died. Right, they're dead. <laughs> um, but then the Kojimas, they, they don't hate us. That's true. Um, you, all that's... of the vendors to whom we set fire, right? Yeah, in yeah. The right? Yes. And by we, I mean yes. definitely me. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um. And I and I definitely remember fighting some lions and some other cats, and there were like chickens that were let loose or used, or <laughs> a yeah, lot the of vendors vendor hate us. Probably wasn't happy <laughs> okay. That we used them as bait. Either. Okay. So not everyone you've met is your enemy, but you've made you've definitely left a trail of. <laughs> Because you have you've actually not killed that many people, which is awesome. I applaud you not being murder hobos. Right, we haven't murdered people. <laughs> and you know, like, is Rahid gonna come seeking revenge? Probably not. I don't think he's that brave. Will Alashra? Oh, uh, possibly. Yeah. So she's you know. probably got hench people and contacts and ally. Yeah. yeah. She won't but, come yeah, after yeah. us, but her people. Will. Right. Exactly. So anyway, she would send. Just food for thought. Like, uh, you've, it's been it's been an exciting, like, week in her best step for wow. the two of I you. I think we're going to be excited to just get on that carpet and ride <laughs> off into the sunset to Nuria. <laughs> so, um, uh, to to that point, um, so you... We we left last time where you, you had, uh, you had been rushed out of the, out of the courtroom by a guard, um... Very, very much scurrying you along in the wake of Alashra's rage. And he pulled you into a side hallway and, uh, and basically, and said, My name is Sadiq Amalik, uh, Sadiq Amalik, and, uh, I am a member of the Shadows of Blood. Come with me if you want to live. And, uh, you all left. So we're gonna fast forward a bit. He takes you, um, he, he exits you from the pallid court. And you're uh, you're able to do you have I'm assuming you're going to have the carpet come down in, in 
bring your your stuff with you. Yeah, we're not going to leave it there. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and we're not going to put it in a third party so, location. We're bringing it. <laughs> he is gonna. So he leads you um, down out of the uh, the perfume district because uh, the the pallet court's kind of at the intersect of the hunt and the perfume district, and he leads you down into an area that you kind of just saw from before. You didn't really spend time there. Called the flood, and the flood is uh is kind of near the big the the big area of bazaars. It's just north of that, and it's a bunch of um boats and piers that have become this semi permanent sort of semi sunken area uh where people people live on little houseboats. Some of which are still mobile, some are not. Some of them are just boats that have been built into the piers themselves, and it's just become this really odd semi submerged area. Um, and uh, he's leading you through, um, you know, a bunch, you know, a bunch of sort of narrow little alleyways, and you have to sometimes hop from level to level, and it's all very awkward. And you notice as you're going along that this area has a, uh, a type of people that you actually haven't seen in any other district, and they look like crocodile folk. They are big, beefy humanoid crocodiles. And they seem to just be hanging out. There's no aggression. They just kind of watch you. This seems like a very rough neighborhood. Um, once in a while, you see someone kind of dive into the water like they're looking for stuff or they're fishing or someone sending a boat out to go, you know, go do some, some, uh, go catch some fish or something like that. You see activity, but, uh, it's a, it's a little, it's an interesting neighborhood. He leads you into a, old building that is uh, half submerged and he takes you uh, up a up a spiral staircase up to the floor above and he has you wait outside a door he goes in you hear some voices on the other side um he comes back to the door and he and uh or he comes back to and and comes to comes out to to face you and Thank you very much for coming. I appreciate your trust. I'm going to introduce you to my colleagues now and we'll explain who we are and why I think it's important we should talk. Please come in. He leads you inside and in the room you see there's kind of, they've kind of turned it into a, um, a little lounge room and there is an old, uh, an old raven folk lady. Um, you see a, uh, a cat folk, a, a slender cat folk in, uh, chain mail armor. You see, ju you see, a a human man in some poor, uh, some poor robes and, uh, and trousers and, uh, sitting at a desk, kind of looking at some papers and they're all looking at you. And Sadiq leads you in, shuts the door behind you and he says to the group this is the pair that i just that that just stood up to lady alashra at the pallet court it was <laughs> it was remarkable i i i am so impressed with <clears throat> anyway sorry that was they are well she at least pointing to you Ele eleanor she's like all of you, and he refers to the other three in the room. 
and they all kind of stand up. And you notice that the three of them have some odd, you know, uh, almost body art or on the human, it's very clearly tattoos on the, on the raven folk and on the cat folk. It's, it almost seems like, you know, like shade, it's hard to tell if it's shaving or scarring or, but it, the shapes are clearly, you see, uh, stylistic shapes very clearly kind of etched into their bodies. Um, and they, the, uh, the raven folk lady walks, uh, walks over to you, Eleanor, very slowly and looks you up and down and leans in and her beak kind of gets very close and she, yes. Yes, indeed, you are like us. What is your name, my dear? I am Eleanor Westergaard. And the uh, the 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 man in the the human in the in the robes over at the table, he, he, you hear a slight uh, gasp. <gasps> what what's a what is a Westergaard doing this far south? I did not mean to come this far south. I, it's it, a very long story. It is a very long story. And then the, the, the raven folk lady looks at you, uh, Mira, and goes, And you, you are not like us. But clearly you are a friend. Come, come, come in. Come, come sit. Enjoy, enjoy our hospitality. Um, surely we have some, some food and, wine i suppose and they they sort of scurry for a minute and they're a little bit a few little mini glasses of wine are poured for everybody and a few a little you know a few little bits of bread are put on some plates for everyone and everyone sort of settles and sits and so sadiq has brought you to us let me let me explain my name is my name is uh my name is fetra um Fetra Rakotahari. I am the eldest member of the Shadows of Blood, but I am not the founder. Ours is an order that has gone for, for many centuries. We exist to oppose the vampire threat in this world. I understand that as a that you come from a very similar background. Is this true? Oh, yes, very much so. My family has dedicated their entire existence to fighting the vampires. Excellent. And how did you come to... How did you come to be turned and yet have remained in your... Ha in the half-state. This is unusual. Unless it happened very recently. No, it actually happened over 200 years ago. What? <laughs> <laughs> they all look very, very confused. Uh, I will, my family was was hunting a very powerful vampire lord. We had cornered him. We were about to make the make the kill. And then it all went it all went belly up. Um and I was caught and I was bitten. 
after I was bitten, I managed to escape, and I ran away. He was in hot pursuit, almost caught me. I opened the door, and I believe that this door, it was magical. I'm not sure how or why, but I went through it and ended up in a completely different city than where I started. The cat folk in the art in the chain mail, not was it a cat slide alley? Do you remember cats? Yes. And that was 250 years ago? Yes, it was. Um, from that point, I kept running because I didn't realize that I had lost them. I thought they were all right behind me. Um, I ran out into a forest, and in the forest, I kept running, and all of a sudden, I was in the Oasis of Figs. <gasps> the whole group kind of just gasps quietly. Wow. It was the luckiest moment of my life to just happen upon the Oasis. Um, I stumbled in. They could see that I was injured. They took me in and healed me by feeding me the figs of eternal life. And that is how I have kept the venom in my veins at bay for so long. The man in the robes is nodding and he's remarkable. Oh, I am just... Uh, f forgive me, my name is Kalodo. Uh, it is it is a pleasure to meet both of you, and and I I presume you came from the Oasis as well. Looking at you, Mira. I did. Uh, we were traveling together, and so um, my position in the Oasis is I am the caretaker of the figs. It is my job to cultivate the tree that grows and produces the figs of eternal life. So suffice to say, Eleanor and I have gotten to know each other very well and have had a very close relationship for a very long time. That is fascinating. I, I, oh, we have so many things to talk. I, I am, I am so I'm a I'm a scholar and uh I I've read little bits about the you know what? It's neither here nor there. We shall talk later if if we have the opportunity. Thetra's starting to glare at him kind of annoyed kind of annoyed. You can tell he, he you get the impression he tends to talk a lot and she tends to, to shush him a lot. Um and Thetra I can see that we have a lot in common and we'll be fast friends. Thetra <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh kind of breaks in. The Shadows of Blood have existed as a vampire hunting group for quite some time, but in their lore and practices, we all found something in common that has turned us into something more than simply vampire hunters. You see, while Sadiq, who brought you here, is a, is a regular mortal, all three of us are like you, dear. All three of us were bitten and brought to the brink of death by a vampire's fangs, and yet we did not cross over. We did not turn. 
and instead we have ex we have existed in a half status if you will and in fact our lord anu akma has given has graced us with a ritual that has allowed us to maintain this presence and use the power of the blood to our advantage so that we may smite the vampires. I have been living with my condition for 80 years. Tata here, referring to the cat folk, is our newest member having existed in this way for five years. And Calado here, ten. It is these tattoos that you see, these markings. They are part of the ritual, and they contain the vampiric power and help it disperse so that we never have to feed on blood. So, let me get this straight. You are able to tap in and use the power that comes from the venom but you don't actually have to feed to make the thirst go away. If you pace yourself, yes. Without assistance like this, the hunger never goes away. It never goes down, and you can never escape it. With these, it will, it will go away. It requires discipline. It requires meditation. If you were to push yourself too far, you could still be vulnerable because the, the triggers of the curse of the blood still exist. If you feed on someone and you kill them, you will still turn. You are not exempt from the curse of the blood. But with these, we are able to manage it and still Use the power of our blood in moderation. And Sadiq saw you and recognized that something was, that you were something very special. And he rightly so brought you to us. We would be honored to have a member of the Westergaard family in our ranks, serving the mission of Anuakma to purge the blood of the undeath from this world. Does that interest you? I kind of look at Mira. I'm, kind of, I'm nodding excitedly. Kind of, well, I mean, not, not a lot, but just giving you the, the little look of, what, what do you think of this? <laughs> I mean, Eleanor sounds very much like what you've decided, what you've done since we've been here. You've, you've tapped into your powers a few times at cost to you and cost to your willpower and your transitionary phase. And if this is a way to stabilize and reliably control what you have worked so hard to keep it at bay 
I mean, who knows? You wouldn't necessarily be bound to the oasis anymore. Is there any other part of the world? If we did get home, is there any other part of the world you may like to see? I think I would like to go home and see my family. Or... You wouldn't be captive to, you wouldn't be reliant on the figs anymore. If this was a way to grant you I've... freedom and control. I've never even even thought about leaving the oasis as why would you i didn't think you didn't I... think you had a choice today yes. you do fetra i would be honored to join your ranks you think she's smiling it's hard to tell with the raven beak <laughs> but you think she's smiling very good my dear this is what this is what we require We will do the ritual and inscribe the tattoos on your flesh. I, I have the knowledge I have, and I have the materials. And we do not demand that you stay with us, but we would ask your aid first to prove your loyalty. We do have something that we would request your help. We have been pursuing a sacred scroll in a tomb that we've been tracing down it's a it's a scroll lying in a sarcophagus of an of an old priest who is long long dead and as you can see i am quite old and Colodo is well not the adventuring type tata here has been scoping the area and been trying to get down, but we dare not send him down alone. Would the two of you go down with him and retrieve this scroll? Bring it back to us, and if you do this, I will induct you into our ranks and grace you with the tattoos of the Shadows of Blood. I look at Mira to kind of see what you're thinking. Should we... We should do this? I mean, I'm game. I... I leave the decision to you, my friend. It is your life and your freedom on the line. And if this is something that you are willing to do, then I will gladly go with you on this journey. Aw, that's so kind of Mira. Um, yes, we will join you on this errand. Tata steps forward. Fantastic! This will be glorious. I've been I've been anxious for the opportunity to delve into a crypt and bring back something of our Lord Anuakma. Um, and uh, he he rolls out a very very rough map of the city. I believe I have figured out where it is, and it's it's. I believe we have to go down a well here in the hunt. In the hunt. Of course, that's where it is. Down below, as, as I'm sure you know, this is a very old city and there are, there are layers within it. And from what I've been able to figure out, this well goes, should go down and enter and open up right in front of what used to be an old mausoleum in an old part of the city 
And if we go down there, I, I have uncovered the key to open the door to the solution to the puzzle. And now we can proceed in. With your help, I can bring back the scroll. And if it is what we have been led to believe that it is, it is a ritual that we think holds the power to expunge an entire bloodline of vampires from its, from its lord down to the lowliest thrall. At least that's what we've read. Oh my goodness. Right? Isn't it exciting? That would be amazing. How reliable would you say your sources are? How exhaustive <laughs> is this research and how how reliable can this information be? Because let me tell you where I don't want to find any surprises <laughs> or misinformation, which is at the bottom of the well in the vampire hunting grounds closest to a sarcophagus. <laughs> Colodo laughs. Good point. <laughs> you, you, you're... You're not wrong. Um, I, <laughs> I've been doing, in all seriousness, these things are difficult. I have been piecing together this reference and that reference. And Tata has already descended into the well and he has already found the door. The last time he found the puzzle to the door, we've, and I, and we've since piece together what we believe to be the solution to the puzzle. We've never been inside the crypt, but we believe at this point we have verified that it does in fact exist. And it is in fact at the bottom of this well. You're not going to descend into a sinkhole. Now, that but what being may said, lay beyond the puzzle lock is yet to be determined. Absolutely. I'm sure it is terrifying and probably involves undead of some sort. We are going into an ancient crypt. It sort of goes with the territory. Naturally. But it's there and the description of the door matches these other references I found so we believe we have the answer to the puzzle and this all leads me to believe that within this crypt you will find a chamber that leads to another chamber that leads to another chamber with a sarcophagus that holds the body of this ancient priest who was buried with the scroll case maintaining or uh, containing this ritual that we are hoping to use. Can I swear that it's down there? No, but it's the best I've been able to put together after several years of research. Eleanor is very, very, very excited. These are your your kind of people. Yes. <laughs> Mira, it sounds legit. I think I think we can trust them. I think I think we must go. Oh my I fully have faith in these individuals here. I, I want to make sure that the sources are reliable and these are not just legends and tales that we are building our mission strategy on. Hopefully we can minimize surprises and maximize success in securing the asset. Oh, listen to me. I'm talking like a vampire hunter. Listen to me, all stratagems and whatnot. <laughs> I'm going to, 
I'm ready. Can I compel one of my aspects? Uh, I'm I, open I don't to know suggestions. To. I'm a lady on a mission. I'm ready to go. <laughs> like, I don't know I don't that need... that constitutes a compel in these circumstances. <laughs> okay, well, I'm just letting but, you know. Yeah, you're, you're Eleanor in. Eleanor is like... Supportive reasoning for her. Yeah. This is her love language. Definitely. Like... <laughs> we, it sounds like we are in. So, Tata steps forward and he, he holds out a hand to each of you and says, Our victory will be glorious. Are you with me? Yes. With a big old cat grin. Yes, I grab his paw. Yes. Fabulous. <laughs> and I grab Mira's hand. We're going to do this. Let us go. <laughs> All right. Ready, Mira's going to go on his I first vampire how, how does one thing. usually set off on such things? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, um, as we move into the mission, since, since this is, since a, a, Dungeon Delve is not entirely the focus of this uh, this campaign. We're going to run this rather than a several-session Dungeon Delve. We're going to treat this as a montage challenge. And uh, so this will be a series of, of overcome checks, and we'll kind of run from obstacle to obstacle. And uh, I'll ask each of you to kind of describe how you contribute um and uh and and but we're not gonna we're gonna kind of skim along the surface of of what happens throughout this delve because uh otherwise this could e- we could e- we could easily indulge in a, in a decent while in, in this whole thing. campaign right it, here it, it, yeah and that's just not the style of this game so yeah. we are gonna we're gonna skim along the surface so um tata's gonna lead you into the hunt so the first part of the chat the the first obstacle is getting to the well without uh, while avoiding the vampires and other riffraff that are in invariably um you know uh hunting around the hunt so uh these are all going to be a series of overcome checks this one doesn't require everyone to make a roll we just need a single uh, a single success. So how are you going to um, get a very unstealthy armored cat folk who you starting to suspect after some interaction, you think he's probably something like a paladin? Um, I really think that my fantastical facades is going to be really useful. This is what I do. This is what I've done for our group or my, the Westergaards. Yep. You know, a long time ago, like, this was my job. This I got us in places. I got information. So I think I'm going to glamour all of us to look, I don't know, what would be something very unassuming. I don't know if we want to be kobolds or if we want to be gnolls. Gnolls are probably a decent way to also just uh, less likely to pick a fight than a bunch of kob- kobolds are probably more likely to get preyed upon. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to glamorous to look like gnolls. I like it. Some kind of mangy gnolls. So let's just go ahead and make a uh, an overcome check. Okay. With probably clever. Yep. Yep. Okay, so I have a negative one on the dice and a clever is plus three, so I have a two. Okay, so you are able to include your heroic scale under the circumstances. So that gives you a, an additional plus one. 
uh, because you are you're opposing mundane senses and such. So oh, okay, so then I would have a three. Okay, so difficulty is three, so that oh. gives you a tie. Okay. With so that means a success with a complication. So we can either um with a uh, with a complication you are. Uh, you know, you are, your, your disguise is successful, but you are, I'm gonna, I'm thinking along the lines of, they believe you are what you are, but you still run into some other trouble. Or, unless you want to, to do something to sweeten the results. Um, I only have two fate points, so. Mm-hmm. I think I'm fine. So I'm going to suggest maybe you can, you are clever, but you fail at perhaps being covert. So you are noticed and you draw attention, um, from some, uh, from some vampires along the way and that they might be waiting for you when you come out of the well. And I might use a fate point at that point. <laughs> okay. All right. So. Uh, that's a problem for future S. That is yes. it. so yes, you you are pretty sure that you had a tail, but you kept you you uh illusioned yourself to be a bunch of a group of gnolls, and uh you clanked your way through the hunt because your cat folk is not quiet, and you draw you drew attention. So people are aware of you, and you might and you'll have uh, you'll have trouble on your way out. Okay. Okay. Oh, so good. Once we've acquired the yeah, thing that we need, that's fine. Okay. So you uh, you get to the well, and so now you are descending down into the well. Tata came came prepared with rope, and he secures the rope at the well, and then uh, everyone's going to climb down. So I need both of you to make a difficulty to. Uh, check representing physical uh, physical execution here. So, um, is that going to be like brutal or bold? Or? It could be it, d- depending on how you're going to approach it. It could see- conceivably be even focus or, but most likely brutal or fast, kind of representing strength and athleticism. But it's not the only option. Definitely not clever. Mira <laughs> definitely has clever. a sort of meditative yoga-like understanding when it comes to her physicality. She spent a lot of time alone, mm-hmm. a lot of time, um, you know, climbing trees, and so this whole notion of like holding on to rope or vines or some kind, you know, concentrating a descent and balance and distributing her weight so as not just to lose control and slide down the whole thing. Yep. Um, uh, she's definitely rolling with focus. Okay. Eleanor is going to roll with brutal. Um, she's just going to grab that rope and she's going to go just down manhandle there. manhandle yep, herself down. But she does. Okay. Get in there, get it done. So Tata actually leads the way with a swashbuckling, like he practically slides down the rope. And, uh, you hear him, you hear him land, like, firmly on the bottom and draw his sword ready for action, but there's nothing down there. <laughs> Okay, so um, uh, Eleanor, what did you... So I got zero on the dice, but my brutal is plus two, so I have a plus two. That's a tie. So um, that is going to take a complication. Mira, let's see yours. 
like this thing. Of oh, yeah. That is a focus of three and plus two on the dice. Whoa! Ooh. So that gives you a five? That is a five. So... That is the sweetest, most Cirque du Soleil rope descent. <laughs> it's so nimbly, like a like a spider descending from its web. It's so great that she catches Eleanor in a beautiful <laughs> whoosh. You know, that does give you a boost. <laughs> would you like to share your boost with Eleanor? So I that she... would. Okay. Yay. Okay, good. All right. So um, how does Eleanor's graceful descent... No, Mira's. Or sorry, how does Mira's graceful descent save the, uh, the uh, brutish... Um, the 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 uh br the the uh very straightforward approach of Eleanor. So I imagine she just kind of grabs the thing and is starting to go down like a like a um you know military training camp, just like grab the rope and don't think about it, and just mm -hmm. go go go, and then she just kind of slips and loses her grip, and. I can feel the tension in the rope slightly above her because I went last. And so as I'm kind of nimbly descending, I'm able to kind of feel that she slipped and sort of loosen my grip with one hand. So I slide down, but almost like an aerial ballet, like on a, like a, like a <laughs> acrobat on scarves where I can like let it slide through my hand at speed, but like yeah. retain my grip and grasp it again to stop myself once I have my other hand on her ankle. <laughs> oh. All right. That sounds good. So Everyone... I've now got us both, and I safely and um, acrobatically descend us both to the bottom safely. Fabulous. In the, uh, uh, you are now in the, uh, at the bottom of the well, and there is indeed a river, an underground uh, river rushing along, but... At the bottom of your rope, you're able to just sort of, you sort of just give a little swing off to the, there's a ledge right on the side where Tata is standing and he helps you on, helps you off of the rope onto the solid ground. Um, and uh, sure, if, if you were to wash along on the river, on the underground river, who knows where it would take you. Um, but down here is a, is sort of a rough cave, but you see, um, along the stone floor, um, built into the wall on the other side is what looks like an old mausoleum that at some point has been like buried over, but the door of a mausoleum is, is fairly apparent. Um, and Tata strikes up a, uh, a torch and he holds a torch in one hand and his sword in the other. And he walks up and he uses his torch to burn away some cobwebs that have formed since the last time he was here. And you can see that there are three concentric circles on the doorway carved inside of each other. And there's a bunch of different symbols on it. And he pulls out a piece of paper, looks at it for a moment and looks back at the two of you. Uh, Mira, could you hold this? Could you hold this please? And he holds hands over the torch. Of course. And he holds the piece of paper and he puts his hands against the rings and twists them to, to adjust them until different shapes are aligned in different formations. And then he puts his, ha his uh, hand in the center circle and pushes in and the, the, the central cylinder depresses 
And then suddenly the door starts, uh, you hear like a decompression and the door, um, separates ever so slightly and he's able to then thrust it in and he just, he's, you hear just a really satisfied purr as he pushes the door in, draws his sword and takes the torch from Mira again. Well, ladies, shall we proceed? Leads the way. So he heads in and uh, you enter into an opening chamber. And at the other side of the chamber, it turns into a narrow hallway. And as soon as you walk in, you all start coughing. And there's just this noxious smell in the air. Not like rotting that you would have perhaps expected, but like. Mira, you recognize this is fungal. There is something that has gotten going in the hallway ahead that is spreading into the room, and it is bad. And you all, it's starting to just overwhelm all of you. And first you start coughing and you start feeling, it starts, so your limbs start feeling heavy. And Mira, you recognize exactly what is happening. It's a, it's a soporific fungus. And if you fall, if you succumb, you fall asleep and it will overcome your body and feed on your body to continue, you know, feeding the organism. And, uh, yeah, so these are, you're being attacked by spores. Oh, no. So. What have you got in that satchel? Well, what I've got is a uh, staff that can cast some fireballs, and I am ready to just incinerate the fungus. So before before you're – that is an excellent – before you are able to deal with it, it um, everyone needs to resist a – give me a roll, a defense roll against a strength of two. Or against a, a basically an attack of two, and your defense would either be with brutal or focus. Okay, I mean um, brutal. Go for it. Oh, I've got a plus one on the dice, and my brutal's plus two, so I have a plus three. So I'm just gonna grab. You, you're good. You're oh, you're able okay. to ta- you're able to power your. You're powering through the uh, the cover the... my mouth with a scarf or whatever, whatever I'm wearing goes up over my mouth. Okay, Mira, how about you? Um, I, as you said, I mean, this is something that I instantly recognize, mm. and so this I'm able to kind of tap into my um, previously acquired knowledge, and um, I'm definitely going to defend with focus, okay. so that I can go. Oh, I I know what this is. I'm not going to panic, and I can. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I instinctively kind of like pull up my scarf and filter my breath, but also I'm able to slow because I'm not panicked. I mm-hmm. can slow my breathing. My heart rate's not accelerated. So it's not going to sort of like metabolize as fast as possible. I'm not going to start like, you know, yep. hyperventilating or going like, Oh my God, what's happening? What's happening? It's no. Okay. I can control this process. Even breaths. Good. As little in as possible. Right. There we go. Uh, it's minus one on the dice, so that is plus two. Okay, so you do not take any damage, but you are definitely feeling 
the effects of it because you tied, so it doesn't do any damage to you, but it does get a boost of um of drowsy that is just said it is starting to uh, or sl- uh, rather than drowsy, I'll say sluggish. You're is starting to settle in on you. Tata is just hacking his lungs out, and he drops down to a knee, and he's really having a hard time. Mira, would you like now like to try and deal with the fungus? Uh, yes, I would like to get rid of it entirely. All right. How would you like All to right. do that? Um, I So this type of fungus, um, as you said, it feeds off of um, sort of biomatter. Yep. And so with the moisture, I imagine it's probably collecting in areas of moisture. So it's not, it's, it's probably on the ground below us. It's, uh, you and, can, now that you're in, you can up see. the walls? Like where exactly, can we see it? Yeah, you can, you, you know what you're looking for too. In the torchlight, yeah. you can see a, uh, the, the hallway in front of you, the hallway that it goes out of this room into the next chamber. There's a hallway in the middle. And that hallway is completely, um, is completely grown over the, mainly the ground, but also the, uh, grown up those about halfway up the walls. And it has started growing its way out into the main front room, almost like a bit of a carpet. Okay. Um, so, um, this kind of fungus, I imagine it's, um, have you ever seen what happens when you light steel wool on fire? Yeah. And it all kind of just like catches and then the, the whole fire will just kind of slowly singe its way through yep. and travel through. Um, so I, I know that especially because the, the, um, the fire will also in the air will, will instantaneously, um, dissipate any airborne spores as well. So I am going to, um, use, I'm, I'm like already reaching for my staff and like charging up so that I can, um, I'm, I'm looking at my, our poor, our poor friend on the ground. Um, and, uh, before I cast anything, I'm saying, uh, Tata, is there any reason why anything ahead of us of any value to us would burn and would put us at a dis, it would put us at a disadvantage He's he's if shaking his head. Like, say a giant fire in that general direction. Burn it. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm just like I'm whirling the staff, and I'm just trying to just muster every ounce I've got to make sure this goes yeah. well. Unlike the last time, it was. So I, I will say, since what you're doing, I think you can use under the circumstances. Normally, the fire powers from your staff use brutal. Under the circumstances, you can use clever. However, it is a difficulty four. Oof. All right. Well, my clever is two, and uh, there we go. Uh, nothing on the dice, so I'm sitting at two. Okay. Uh, do you, so, so, did I have to use a fate point to do that? So you because it's my stunt, or may I use a fate point now and utilize the stunt and make it happen? You do not have to pay a fate point to use the stunt unless the stunt specifies. You paid a okay. re- you paid a refresh for that stunt. That's right, I did. You did. So, um, 
So yes, this lets you once per session you can do the fireball and normally it uses brutal. We're going to do clever. Um I am going to let you have the heroic scale for this under the uh, it definitely is appropriate. Um so that actually adds a plus 1 to your effort which puts me at 3. It puts you at 3. Um however, difficulty is 4. So you do need a in order to actually get a clean success, you need two more shifts. One more shift would get you a tie. Um, so your options are, okay, um, anytime you're casting magic, you can always take stress to get yourself up to a tie. You can do that anytime you cast magic. Or wild magic event, some magic will go haywire. And not get the result you want. Kind of like when you lit the market on fire. That yes, happens. Um, or you can you can spend a fate point and that will put you into a clean success. But if you want to take stress, then you can have a tie. But a tie adds a complication. Correct. Because... But you will succeed in burning out the moss. But there will be a but. Yeah. And we've already got the butt waiting for us at the top of the well, so I'm wondering if we want to add to that, if we want to add to our future problems, or if I should just take the stress. You know what? I've got a clean slate. I'm going to take the stress. Okay. And and we're just going to deal with it. Okay. So take one. That's only one stress, but complication. So you... Succeed in frying the moss. However, what we'll say is that on the other end, that the, uh, that the flame actually lights something on fire in the room on the other side. So it's going to make the next scene more complicated. That seems like a pretty big consequence. A fire in the tomb? It is stuff. On, we'll say there's stuff on fire, so there's nasty smoke. You're not going to, like, be in danger of burning, oh, okay. but it's going to make it more complicated. Okay. It's going to make it more complicated. I'm so, just being real stingy with my fake points. Yeah, yeah, no. Right. So. <laughs> I was not ready to let any of those go oh, for a little moss. And I actually remember at the beginning, I forgot. I usually ask you your fake points at the beginning of the episode. Um, uh. Ellen, how many fate points does Eleanor have, Aaron? She has two. Okay. And Tiffany, how many does Mira have? Mira's got three. Awesome. Okay. So, the moss in the hallway and the carpet in front of you lights up like steel wool on fire. And it's all glowing and burning back. And you see it carry through all the way through the hallway, glowing red in front of you and into the room beyond. And the whole space fills with really nasty, noxious smoke. And so we're going to just add an aspect of noxious smoke in the air with a free invoke that I can use against you for the for an upcoming thing. Okay. Okay. So. You, uh, the, the pathway is now open in front of you and down the hallway in the next room, 
uh, is a series of, on the side of the room, is a bunch of small um, alcoves. And in the alcoves are a whole bunch of other bodies. And as soon as the fire ripped through, you suddenly see a, several shambling forms start stepping out from their little alcoves. And it's a bunch of, it's all, it's about half a dozen or so skeletons and they all start shambling forward. So we're not going to get into a detailed combat. We're just going to treat this as an overall, um, as an overall overcome check. And if, uh, and anyone, uh, any difficulty or any, any, if you don't pass the check, you just take stress representing, uh, damage over the course of several rounds of scuffling with with skeletons okay so everyone needs to make a difficulty four check and you can use any approach you want representing combat again this is going to stand in for several rounds possibly resulting in some stress tata hacks and slacks ha <laughs> Haxon slashes gloriously. Slacking Tata. <laughs> this is his job, is beating skeletons. Yes. This is so outside of Mira's wheelhouse. Like, they're <laughs> definitely, like, noxious fungus. Fine, I'm prepared for that. But I was not prepared. I mean, I knew we were going, obviously, into some kind of tomb. And we've been talking a whole lot about the undead recently. And, you know, there's this whole thing about, you know, pyramids and mummies and whatnot. But room full of skeletons. I face to face with it. That's a new one. Eleanor is gonna grab Mira and quickly whisper, "Mira, where, where is that rope that you have in your satchel?" I've got it right here. <laughs> the, G- I, the GM is giving Aaron the, uh, uh. <laughs> my shining moment. I. Run up to Mira. She whips out this rope, and we close. Is it a clothesline? It's a clothesline. Oh, We're gonna run through the skeletons, <laughs> clotheslining them with the rope. <laughs> Aaron finds a way to incorporate a clothesline into every game we have ever played. <laughs> roll together and we it, have it, those scores it, together. Okay, you take a little stress from the skeletons. Come on. It's not that big of a deal. Okay, I take some stress <laughs> okay. from the skeleton. <laughs> Alright, so Mira, or Eleanor's shining moment is a clever clothesline that makes a bunch of, of the skeletons fall over. Awesome. How much stress did I take? Uh, one. <laughs> uh, can't believe you just did that. <laughs> Mira and her Mary Poppins bag. It's uh, true. <laughs> All right. So, uh, um, what does what is Mira's shining moment in the scuffle? I'll throw you a I'll, I'll throw you a bone as well. The that the the, uh, the roots have started like cracking in through like this has become a subterranean thing. Like there's absolutely like r- uh, roots that are starting to break in through the through the the chinks in the wall and stuff like that. So you have. Material yes. to work with. 
I mean, really, all the all these skeletons can be uh, vulnerable to our dis- rapid disassembly, and so, um, so I uh, Mira is channeling the the roots of these trees and any sort of um, penetrating organic body yeah. to sort of lash out and pull out any sort of uh, structurally integral part of whatever skeleton is getting closest to her. So it's like, a, you know, a little bit of the spine here or a skull over here or a femur <laughs> here, whatever okay. would like rapidly disassemble each skeleton as it presents itself the largest threat. They're just sort of um, each snatched away and uh, hopefully falling to pieces. Got it. So what approach are we using here? Um, what is I, I your would either fast? Say, sorry? What is your fast? Not very. <laughs> Plus one. Because <laughs> um, what you're describing sounds very, rea- sounds very reactive. Yes. And... Um, and it, the important thing is, is interventions in time. Yeah. So I, I'm not happy about it, but that is the most, um, I think logical, uh, reasoning. So I think I got to go with fast. It's not my strongest suit, but it's what I bring to the table. So let's do it. Okay. Start with plus one and that's plus two on the dice. So that puts me at three. Wow. Not bad. Okay, so um, you take one as well. You are all making progress, but the the skeletons keep coming on, and Tata takes a moment, plants himself, and holds his sword aloft and calls out to uh, to his god and. Um, and a flash of bright light washes out from him and, and the skeletons vaporize. Whoa. Wow. Big move. And he falls, and he falls down. He falls down. Oh, oh, that's hard. Okay. Oh, very nicely done. Tata. Thank you. Where did Let's... that come from? <sighs> from our Lord Anu Akma. Thank you. Where? And he he stands up and he he you almost feel like there's just a little glow. It almost seems like there's a bit of a glow coming from him. And he he looks ahead and <sighs> we're not done facing the powers of death. There's more ahead. Brace yourselves. He leads you forward. He strides into the through the next room, um, uh, all, uh, just and and you're pretty sure that his torchlight is not the only thing glowing. You get into the next room, and there is a sarcophagus, um, exactly as Kaloto described, and uh, on it are a bunch of different a bunch of inscriptions, and Tata pulls out um, a he pulls out a crowbar hands one to Eleanor hands the torch to Mira and the two of you go to work prying open the sarcophagus 
And sure enough, the, the stone lid slides off. And there inside is a, is a, uh, a body wrapped in linens and clutched in its hand, in, in each of its hands on, in one hand is a scroll case made of ivory. And in the other hand is a scepter made of gold and inlaid with, um, with stones. And he, uh, Tata looks down and looks at all of you. <laughs> what do you know? Kaloda was right. And he, he reaches down and he takes the scroll case and suddenly the, uh, the empty hand reaches up and grabs his wrist wrapped in, in linens. Oh no! And the, uh, behind the, the linen face of the, uh, of the body, you see two red pinpricks glowing bright red mm. and a, uh, and the, the creature sits up in its sarcophagus and you have an angry mummy on your hands. And fireballs! 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 And Tata yells, run! And he, um, he tosses the scroll case to Eleanor. Catch it. Okay. And we can't leave him. He proceeds to his sword glows bright and he stabs it into the mummy, which like electrifies. And you see an outline of the skeleton inside the mummy's body. And then its other hand with the mace, like, cracks him across the head. And the two of them, like, roll off to the side of the sarcophagus. And then out of the sides of the wall, what appeared to be just, like, boss reliefs crack open and more skeletons start stepping out. Oh, no! And uh, stuff is going bad very, very quickly. Uh, we need to get out of there now. We can't leave him. He'll surely be killed. We have to. We have to take him with us. Mira, fireballs! Without him, he's got the power Use of that God. We Use need that him to get out. Tata scrambles away, and he is with you, but he's missing his sword. It is stuck in the chest of the mummy, who stands up and is like wavering, but seems ready and he and the and several like a whole group of skeletons from both sides start closing in on you and tata says run run we're booking it i we are just we are as long as he's with I'm us gonna i'm gonna use my thirst he, uh, wait wait, I, I, wait, 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 wait i'm gonna use okay my, my vampiric powers and i'm gonna be fast Okay. I'm going to be fast and strong, and I'm going to run, and I'm going to grab that sword out of that mummy, pull it out, and run back to you as fast as I can. Okay. All right. Yes, go for it. Okay. Act, you, you, uh, <laughs> a- active opposition against the mummy. Okay. Um, yeah, that's, uh, so you get, so with your, using your vampiric speed, your, or, uh, I get a um, plus two and heroic scale. Yes, you so do. So I get a plus three. And this is using your fast. 
Ah. Uh, yes. Ooh, can't be brutal. No. Okay. No. This is all about speed. It's straight up. Your fast it. is not fast. <laughs> it's only like medium. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's gonna give me a plus four. So okay. I, so I have a plus four. So you actually, oh, the, your heroic scale is countered by the heroic scale of the mummy shit, itself. Shit. Sorry, this is, I got a minus three on the dice. Well, the mummy got a minus two on the dice. Okay. So well, he's see. at a two. I'm at a three. Okay. <laughs> you are faster than the mummy. Just barely. So barely. Describe how you ever so barely managed to leap at the mummy and get the sword and get back in time. So Tata says run. Yes. And Eleanor she's just got that, that hunter instinct and sure. she's thinking no we have to get that sword. Okay. And she starts to feel the fire of that venom burning and she looks back and her eyes start glowing to meet the mummies and she runs, she sprints she grabs hold of the sword and then she takes her foot and she pushes his chest and kicks Ooh. him backwards as he swipes at her head, but she ducks because she's just that, just a little too fast for him. And then she runs out of there as fast as she can. All right, you're all running. Yes. Okay, <laughs> so now, okay, so you maintained his... Wow, that was awesome. I didn't expect that. Yeah. Um, okay, so now everyone needs to run, and I need a fast check of three oh, from everybody. Fast checks. We are not fast. We're clever. <laughs> focused. <laughs> oh. Well, I've got zero. Okay. Uh, better than me. I got a minus one. So here's what I'm going to Here's what I, I think happens is as you start to run away, um, you get the sword in the hands of Tata and you're kind of shoving him in near ahead of you that you feel a hand grab your head of hair. Hey, I didn't get the minus one. <laughs> Mira. Mira got the minus one. Not Eleanor. Actually that is uh that is very true. That is very sorry true. To, you don't have to, to be the throw you under the skeletons as <laughs> yeah, it you were. You have to be faster than your friend. That's right. That's right. Okay, so um, so yes, the two, uh, half vampire or the two, uh, semi vampires start booking it down the hallway. And so Mira, as you're starting to turn and run, you feel a hand grip, grab your head of hair and yank you down to the ground. So, um, you take, um, let's see, you had a minus one. I did. My fast is only one. Yeah. So at that that puts you at a that puts you. So that will actually take uh, four points of stress. You might actually want to take. So um, you have the choice of either absorbing the stress or taking a moderate consequence. And I actually think this is the time I'm going to amp this up with a fate. One of my GM fate points. Kick them while they're down. Jeez. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, I'm going to invoke the the mummy's high concept of of uh, powerful ancient mummy to amp this up. And you have six stress coming your way. Oh my god! Oh god! I don't have six stress boxes open. So you hit the ground hard, oh. and you ha uh, are um. 
So this is where a consequence comes into place. Oh, I think it's our first, like, yes, I have never asked consequence of the game. So I'm going to suggest that you actually, he like plants his other hand on your face. I think you actually are going to be afflicted with mummy rot. Some bad stuff. <laughs> so you feel a hand grab your hair and rip you down to the ground, and then another hand plants on your face and starts squeezing, and you feel just like your your the skin around your face just start like rotting, and uh, and uh, yeah, that. However, you're then able. He uh, he then gets shoulder checked by Tata who grabs you and starts shoving you down the hallway and you're running to the exit. So now you get to the exit and uh, there is an angry mummy and a whole bunch of skeletons on your heels and you get to, uh, as you get to the exit, suddenly your rope comes tumbling down. And you hear laughing up above at the well as it that disappears in the distance. Can I jump oh, really high? Wait, the laughing disappears, so they ran away? Okay, I think I need to use more of this vampire strength. Well, I, hold on. I mean, so am I, like, fully incapacitated? or am No, I no, just no. Going... You just, so, a mo- so a moderate consequence is significant, lasting... Um, is a significant lasting impact from the encounter. This will take, this will be with, this will take a little while to get rid of. Okay, so. And I it is, and, and, and I get, and it is an aspect that I have one free invoke to use for free at any point in the future. It's a, it's a significant hindrance. Okay, so, so I had to stress to begin with. Yep. I have four open stress. Yes. So I skipped all of that. So I still have four open stress. You do. But I also, I just like skipped the line and I went straight to consequence. Yeah. Oh, actually, sorry. Moderate consequence has four. Yes. Um, so that, t- so you, you fill in two more. Sh- I apologize. I, I, I should have been clearer. Sorry. Moderate consequence absorbs four of that and then two more stress. Okay. So walking, so I had two stress. Yep. So you take two more. four stress open. So I'm taking two. So I'm at four stress plus the moderate consequence. Correct. So you still have two more stress left. Rough. Okay. Um, Can I just use my strength and try to jump up and scale the wall? Yes. And use more of the thirsty? You can do a, yes. You can, you can pump. Okay. You can pump more vampire blood. I'm going to do another vampire. So I've got two of those now that I've used. And you can do this with brutal. Okay. And it's a four. Okay, so I've got a one on the dice plus two brutal, so that's three. And then my thirsty gives me plus two, so that's five, plus heroic skill, six. Okay. Plus six. Very nice. So you grab the rope, and Mira, you see her eyes glow red, and her uh, her features go kind of uh, a little uh, briefly bestial, and she just lunges up into the air and you grab onto the, the the top of the rocks and scramble your way upward 
and you're able to brace yourself at the top. Mira, you now have a rope to climb. Okay, I am scuttling up that thing as fast as I can muster. Okay, so uh, give me a three. I did just use the word fast, didn't I? Not my strong suit. Here we go. It's kind of appropriate for the circumstances. Yes. Okay. I got it differently, but the end result is the same. Aww. Minus one. Okay, so you feel a bony hand grab hold of your ankle, oh, no. and then that bony hand gets chopped off by Tata there, swinging his sword around. And he's got his torch in one hand and a sword in the other, and he is hacking and slashing and he gives you the space for you to escape as you climb up the rope. And then below, you see the torch disappear no. and you hear him scream. No! And the torch goes out. <gasps> and no, his voice dies. It was supposed to be mine. It was my bad boy. He shouldn't have so No! He had a sword. He was glowing. He had Anunakma on his side. No. Not enough. Bring him back. <laughs> no. We're not leaving here until he comes back. Okay, what are you going to do about it then? Freaking <sighs> A. Kate, Mira, fireballs. Now. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything left. Fireballs! I what are you balls of fire? What are you willing to give? Fate is all about what you're willing to pay. I know we don't. We're win. looking. We're looking. Yes, we've got fate points, but we're. I mean, I can use some more thirsties, but I know you know. We're we gonna get. I'm gonna have to drink some blood here. <laughs> oh my god no okay so i i charge up okay now or never life is at stake i i channel whatever i've got left of of my of my energy that i'm charging it into the staff of four seasons and okay. i hold it out over the edge and i say tata catch what? And I let it go. So that he can <gasps> make use of it. Mira, what if he's dead? He might be, but you just I can't take the fire right. Mira, I, I need Keep a fate it. I need a fate point. What did you just do? I need a fate point. <laughs> you just threw it? The mummy's gonna get it and come attack us. <laughs> so he catches the staff. He's Okay, so Mira, here's what I'm gonna. Here's what. How. Uh, how badly do you want to save Tata's life? Because, um, if you are willing to. I, I'm, I, I have a, a vision in mind of him smashing the staff on the mummy's head and frying all of the undead there with him. And you lose your staff, but you get your, you'll get your stunt point, your refresh back but your staff will be gone. Or you could have a broken... Actually, we'll have a broken staff that you can possibly repair. 
Yes. I, I didn't expect to get it back when I threw it down the well. I okay. wanted to explode. I wanted to destroy the... I, this I is want, awesome. I want him back, and I want him to be able to use it to destroy, even if it means the staff's destruction. Because ultimately, here's what's going through Mira's mind, mm -hmm. is that, you know, he is one of three people, yeah. or if you count Sadiq, who it's he would have given his life for Eleanor yeah. because ultimately all of this is to get the, is, is to prove our loyalty so that Eleanor can be basically yeah. cured and uh, not super cured, but you know, unbound from her, her dependence on the figs. And she gets, a, she gets her life back if we finish this and he got us there. So we owe him and I would do this for her. So I would do this. For oh, him. So oh my goodness. This is glory. So you charge up the staff and wow. it's blazing with, with the uh, summer flame and you drop it to him. He sees it. And he, he lets go of his sword and he catches it like a baseball bat and he cracks it upside the mummy's head. And again, and again, and the mummy is flailing backwards and you just see a, the flame whipping around and then, and suddenly, he brings an overhead double hand thing and it just crashes across the mummy's head, snaps in half and flame just, w just washes out from him and fries all of the, the undead and it's quiet. And then you feel the rope start jerking and you see him climbing up the rope and he gets to the top of the well and both and, uh, he drops both pieces of the staff out the other end and he kind of crawls up and just flops over the edge of the well, gasping. And he's just singed and black and wounded. He's got a sword though, right? And he has a sword, but he's alive. Oh, yay! Wow, Mira. Very, very nice. Wow, that was, that was a lot. That was very heroic of you. <laughs> it was like your fancy piece of gear. I love it. That, that, was, that was pretty <laughs> impressive. Okay. So, I uh, the 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 attention that you drew from the beginning was the was led oh up gosh. to the rope being dropped down. So you're not oh, going to get okay. you're not going to get ambushed on your way out. You have uh, okay. You have dealt with it. So, congratulations. And he looks at you. Tell me, you have the scroll. Yes, I show it to him. Oh, thank the gods. Let's get out of here. And he, uh, the two of you have to kind of hold him on your shoulders and you escape from the hunt and you head back into the flood and, uh, to their, to their little abode. And as soon as you walk in, uh, Fetra and Kolodo tend to tend to all of you, and uh, Tata just sets the scroll case on the table. And uh, once everyone's patched up, then good on their word. Um, you all kind of take a, a little a little recovery, but they spend. It takes an entire night of of uh, of of ritual. Uh, Pause. Okay. I feel like Mira should be inducted into their little secret society of hunters. You well. you both are you both are welcome to be members of the Shadows of Blood. You don't need the you don't need the mystical vampires tattoos. Well, but you are part of the order now. 
so um, they spend the, and a whole evening uh, performing a ritual that leads to uh, um, uh, tattooing a bunch of elaborate um, arcane runes on your body, Eleanor, that will grant you a stunt that will drain off one of your thirsty boxes every session that we play. Okay. So as long as you moderate yourself, you can be totally in control of this. And I need to pay... This will... Yes, it's a stunt, so it reduces your refresh. So I will be down to just a two Correct. refresh. And uh, the um, and the stunt should be just uh, uh, the tattoos of the shadows of blood. Okay. Is it just out of curiosity because... Yeah. I, I love I love tattoos and, and RPGs. Um, is this is it consistent in terms of in design? It looks the same, but it, is it consistent in terms of like placement or appearance on every body, or is it sort of unique to the person? Does it what are they like? Is it like collarbones and neck? Is it like chest and abdomen, yeah. arms and limbs? Where where are these tattoos and what do they look like? What would Ellen? What what what? Uh... We will say that dramatically they suit Eleanor's aesthetic very nicely. What does Eleanor, what would Eleanor like? Well, I think they're hidden. I don't think that you want I, them to be seen. I think they at least need to cover your neck. I feel like that's the one thing I, I feel they need to do. Okay. So I can see them coming up like a very ornate collar. Yes. Almost oh, like a... Cool. Uh, Oh, what are those collars that the in England that like Queen Elizabeth like 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 not like a ruff, but like a whisk? Mm -hmm. I think I think is what they were called. Okay. And uh, so yeah, I think you see a little hints of it coming up. Okay. Um, and then I think they go down onto her collarbone, and um, I would say probably the, the top of the chest as over well, the kind over of the chest the and shoulders like a mantle. Yes. And, and then covering Very the heart, cool. because the heart is what pumps the blood. And... Awesome. So yeah, I think that's what it would be. And I almost think that when they take the thirsty, they, they sort of glow. Yes. Glow a little red. Yes. When, whenever red. you're... I like that a lot. I like that. Okay. So, Mira, you also get one of your refresh back, because your Staff of Four Seasons is broken. That was amazing, by the way. I love that. <laughs> and uh, that uh, you have the pieces. You can conceivably recover it in the future. And uh, I, have a, I have an idea. Okay. I have a plan. Okay. And we may have to work on this in the future. This is like longer term, like when we have downtime. Um, I'm considering... Um, like, cause it, it's, it's wood, right? So I can't reforge wood together. I mean, I guess I def, I could like graft it like two trees together, mm -hmm. but I almost believe now that it's broken that I could have almost like two like quarter staffs have like two of them and have them be separate seasons. <laughs> and have the cost be different depending on. So like one of them is attuned to the current season and one of them is like its opposite season. I don't want oh to make it more goodness. powerful. Oh my goodness, we should talk about this. 
Yeah, so I don't want to make it more powerful because obviously it was a great sacrifice and I literally wasn't expecting to ever have it back. I was doing that to save a life. Um, but given adequate time and and maybe wow. like we don't get it back, you know, maybe they're not in full function until three sessions. But like, so I basically have like summer and then winter would be the other one. And then in the spring, fall would be the other one. You did just save a very devoted uh, paladin to Anak, what was Anak? Anuakma. Anuakma. Basically who, Anubis. That god is very powerful, and he obviously really likes this cleric, or p paladin cleric. Paladin. But, yeah. Um, and he was able to channel his power. I would think that god would give you some power, maybe. That you could use, uh, you know, I, I can I see a way for you to make this happen and to have it be a powerful weapon. Yep, there's a path. All but right. that was a very nice sacrifice. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> it seemed like the only thing to do, and it was very on brand for Mira, I think. It was very on brand for Mira. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I know we've been wanting to kind of wrap up our time in Per Bastet and, move, and yeah. uh, move you on. Um, so there was one last thing that you talked about doing, which was, so you are both, you are now members, honorary members of the Shadows of Blood. You have no further um, obligation to this particular group. Um, and there might be other chapters out there as well. And uh, they do give you, um, uh, Eleanor, they give you a small uh, prayer book to take with you for possible study. Um, that also probably contains, you know, various vampiric lore in its in its uh, in its pages, and then Mira, you are deal. You you did walk away from that with a pretty pretty serious affliction. Um, yeah, tell me about mummy rot. What am I? What am so I dealing with here? It's a so it's a it's a disease that will basically it's kind of like leprosy it'll keep like doing its thing um and your skin will continue to get worse and it's an aspect that i would keep like pressuring you on harshly um as a uh, moderate as is appropriate for a moderate consequence so with a moderate consequence here's basically how it works First thing first is you have to, um, first thing first, you have to make a recovery roll or, or get someone else to make the recovery roll for you. However, with your background in herbalism, you are like, you have the qualifications to do this for yourself, but you have to, uh, you have to succeed. So the difficulty first, you have to succeed on a great recovery roll. So that's plus, that's a difficulty of four. And once you have made the recovery roll, then it will linger. It will continue lingering. Um, you can change it. You can change the aspects so to reflect that it is now healing. Um, but it will still hang around and be a, be a negative aspect and occupy that moderate consequence slot for an entire, for an entire session. Um, and because our sessions tend to be short, I will actually, I'm going to say that's actually two sessions. 
of our so of our two. game. Yeah, so if you made that recovery now, which you could do with your herbalism. So, I think I would like to do that. Okay. I think that would be... So you may go ahead and make that recovery roll now while they're doing all of the tattoos on... Yeah, I was going to say, we're healing vampires over here. Hello, we got yeah, money yeah. problems going totally. on over this hallway. All right. Go for it. And you can do this with focus, obviously. Okay, well, my focus is three, and that is zero on the dice. Okay, so that puts you at that, so that will not succeed. Do you have fate points to spend, and do you want to spend them? Yes, please. Okay. I just got my refresh boosted, so I would like to spend Actually, wait, you, can, you have your herbalist stunt. That you get to use once per session for a free stunt effect, you can just give yourself a plus two from that. Yes, please. There yes, you go. That would be That's a more easy... economical way to go about that. There you go. Okay, so you do not spend a fate point. You use your herbalist stunt, which is totally appropriate. Okay, so you succeed on your recovery roll. So two sessions from now, you need so you'll deal with it for two more sessions. But it is now healing, but that slot is still filled. So, um. Maybe let's change it from mummy rot to, um, like a, uh, I don't know, something. I think, I feel like it's the big thing is, is that it's, it's on your face. Len, it's like, like crusty or it's like, it's bait. You're kind of disfigured for a little until it heals. Mm. Healing disfigurement? Sounds good to me. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Um, um, so do I, so I had, I, in addition to that, I was up to four stress. Does the, the stress, stress go away? goes away. Stress goes okay. away. So, okay. So we've kind of dealt with the immediate fallout. You'd talked about wanting to also go check in with Nefrini before you left the city. Well, you now do, do we that? have to do that? Because the whole notion of doing that was, I mean, maybe we just tell her the plan, but our our motivation was once we kind of make our contacts and do what we were going to do around town, we were going to negotiate to maybe hang on to some of those figs to keep Eleanor at bay, so to speak. But now that she's handled, I think our conversation with Nefrini is going to be completely different and or possibly unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, it would be nice to have some of the figs. You know, for bartering, if we, I mean, we're going to be going into that God King's pyramid. A couple of figs, I mean, they might heal some moderate consequences. I mean, she knows we're in town. I, I think we should maybe, yeah, at least go make contact and just tell her what our plan is and just say, you know, this is what came of. Yeah of our mission while we were in town and this is what we plan to do. Maybe she'll send us on our way with something to help. Yeah. We can discuss maybe future um, ownership or possession of the carpet. Um, well, that carpet's ours. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to take some things with us, Nefrini may have something to say about that. Right. So at least that okay. may be up for discussion so yeah we should probably at least just talk to her and tell her here's how it all shook out in the last week okay yeah let's do that okay so um are you heading across town on you are a fairly significant walk 
Um, are you going to fly across We're town? Fly. We got a magic yeah. carpet, and okay. you know what? We've just left a whole path of ruin. Everyone hates us. We're leaving <laughs> town. We don't care. Awesome. We're on the carpet. So you uh, you fly across town to the uh, to the golden dome of the divine face of Bestet, um, and the this time you have no trouble getting in, <laughs> uh, dealing with her functionaries. Uh, it does take a little while before she's able to come see you. So you're sitting in a room, they bring you some refreshments and you're kind of waiting and the, you've got your gear on your back, you know, in your back, in backpacks and the carpet is sort of, um, lounging around with you. Finally, she comes in and, uh, oh, I, oh, I forgot one very important thing. As you're flying through town, you notice an unusual number of like, Fighting mobs of house cats in the street. Oh no! Oh, no, Hannah, what have you done? So when the fighting each other, cat on cat. Yeah, like 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 little piles of like cat fights going on. Oh um, no! And I wanted to keep the <laughs> necklace. <laughs> when. Nafrini walks in. She looks as she is dressed as gloriously as she was before, and her panther face just looks so tired. She looks weary, and she walks in, and she just sort of walks into the room for more for a moment. You're in the same room that she met you in before. And if you remember, there was a window that looks out the mm -hmm. city. She goes straight to the window, looks out the window for a moment, takes a deep breath, turns and looks at the two of you and looks really irritated. And there's just a very slight growl coming from her chest. And it's just this like, low rumbling hum what have you been up to for the last week and she tosses from a hand that was behind her back and she tosses and clattering across the table is a roll of paper and a knife a dagger that looks like it's made of ice cats are fighting in my city. I have heard tales of disaster after disaster with your name on it. And then last night, this note and that knife were in my door on the inside of my bedchambers. And she gestures to the note, and while she go for you, you know, indicating for you to read, while she goes and pours herself a glass of wine. I pick it up and read it. I'm looking and over her shoulder. Inspect the dagger. The dagger. So Ooh. the dagger looks. It, it looks like it is made of. Uh, the the handle looks like it's made of gleaming silver, and the blade looks like it's made of jagged, solid ice that is somehow like permanently like solid the note reads and the note has a hole through it so clearly the dagger was pinning the note to the to the door yeah 
The daughters of the oasis walk the land bearing its bounty. Whoever brings us the figs will receive the full support and might of the moonlit king and the winter court in their ambitions. Wait, so, can you read that one more time? Yes. The daughters of the oasis walk the land bearing its bounty. Whoever brings us the figs will receive the full support and might of the moonlit king and the winter court in their ambitions. The moonlit king is the ruler of the winter court, which is one of two courts of the Shadow Fae. <gasps> so, while you take a minute to read over this note a few times to like what is going to to like digest, understand. Nefrini has poured herself a glass of wine and taken a few sips, and she takes a napkin and gently dabs her whiskers. I want you to take the figs, and I want you to leave my city. I do not know what is going on between the Archfey, but I do not want to be in the middle of a battle between the fairy lords. Whatever is going on between Sultan Hajani and the Moonlit King, I want nothing of it. Get these out of my city. Keep the, keep the carpet, and you tell Hajani that he owes me dearly. And I'll tell you, if I get my hands on that friend of yours, Henna, and that damned Grimalkin, I... Just, just go, please, just go. This city is hard enough. But if I had this on my door, I would wager that all of my rivals in this city do too. And perhaps that's where your tiger shadow came from. If you know what I mean. Oh. <sighs> we. We. We will go. And we will make our leave as hasty as we are able. But please. Do not misunderstand the chaos that has ensued since our arrival in town as any gesture Actually, of, of disrespect on our <laughs> part. We meant no offense. We do deeply respect you and the relationship that Hajani has upheld with you for years. We are simply We're very trying sorry. We to will get leave right home. now. We're just, going to leave. We're going just. to leave. Right now, Mira. Mira, get a, Mira, get a fate I'm point. I'm so sorry. You, you, you just self-compelled yourself with your trouble. Um, <laughs> she, so Nefridi just storms out of the room, storms back in with your golden box of figs, slams it on the table. I never want to see the two of you again. Next time Hajani sends figs, Send them with someone else. You two are banished from Perbastet. <gasps> Leave now. Banished? And she storms out. Banished? Yep. Well, I guess I'm going to have to erase my little friend of Nefrini. Friend of Nefrini is 
God. <laughs> oh. No, she's not actually the ruler of Perbustat, but you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> She's pretty powerful, and she just sent us away forever. So I can't imagine there were too many people that would harbor someone who was very much an unfriend. Totally. So, at this point, the two of you are free to leave, and uh, you have the carpet. (laughs) Handedly encouraged to leave. And you have the figs. Oh, boy, but now everyone wants the figs. But now you have a re- you have every reason to believe that every major power in the Southlands has probably received a similar note. Oh no! Which Everyone is probably wants us. why the Were Tigers are on your tail because Miss Kennet probably received a note like this first. Uh huh. So, at we will pick up next time with our the with uh, your journey after Perbestet, and. I would like to take a minute because this is a big, like, in a big, like, significant arc point in the campaign. Um, first of all, I'm gonna let we're gonna take another advance at the end of this, so you're going to get another uh, point of refresh to add to your pools for either stunts or your fate, you know, ongoing fate point pool. Because uh, this is a, we're going to fast forward a bit, but I would really like to know as we think about the next bit, there's a lot of places this could go. You've got the, you've got, Nur- you're meeting up with Yok- uh, Yolok in Nuria, mm-hmm. that you know that there's an ambassador of the Oasis of Figs in the court of the Sultan of Nuria. Um, you've got the, uh, the pyramid at Peranu, which is the, uh, the uh the lich king or not the lich king um the god king for you to go ultimately visit following uh kajima's story i would like to know what is most interesting to you what you're most excited about because i want to know what to zoom in on and what to zoom out on so if traveling through the riverlands of the river nuria is interesting and exciting to you we can zoom in on that but we can also just resolve that in a a, mon, a a quick montage like we did the dungeon crawl tonight i uh you know similar with a bunch of other things i just want to know what is of of the various threads that have kind of been out there what's been interesting and exciting that you're looking forward to i personally i think i mean if nuria natal is like the main city in this entire region, I think we should spend at least a highly detailed session just exploring, making contacts, finding vendors. I mean, if there's any kind of like enchantment to be done or training montages to take place within there, like, or studies that could be done. I mean, I just think that there's a lot of resources in a major city like that that could be to our advantage because ultimately i think the next step is to go to um peranu and we as we just saw what happens when we are not necessarily prepared to fight the undead we might need to uh do a little preparation before we head into the i think um yeah headquarters of the undead yeah Um, so i think a quick, like, a micro, macro, micro yeah. situation. So maybe, like, 
spend a significant amount of time in Nuria Natal, then maybe a travel montage and getting to the pyramid. And mm -hmm. then when we get to see the God King really get down to Shadowlands kind of stuff. And what about you? Um, so I agree with everything that Tiffany just said. And I'm really excited to get to the, well, I'm really excited about the pyramid. I think the city, I'm not, I don't know, cities like kind of going around. I feel like it's sort of admin work for us. Like we do, we do need to go. We do need to prep to fight because we are unprepared. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm really excited to see like what's the consequence of us carrying these figs. Are we going to like stash them somewhere? Are we going to keep them on us? Are we going to trade them for things? Like I'm kind of excited to see what we do with the figs. I'm excited to get to the Shadow Realm. I think that's going to be very okay. wild. And then I'm also really interested in kind of exploring um, Eleanor's past with this vampire lord, Darius Obliviat. Mm. Um, I think okay. that she's going to start wanting to go take him out. I know that's, that's a completely like, side thing. Obviously, she wants to get back to the Oasis, but now that we've got this stunt yeah. that we don't need to get back, like, we can take a couple years and not really age that much. Like, we don't have to be back to the Oasis next week or else Mira becomes a snack. Right. Like, you know. <laughs> Fair. But remember, too, I mean, not that we necessarily care. I mean, either this is kind of like a, I don't know, this brings a, this brings a question because you're sort of liberated from the oasis um as it were um but there will be no more figs oh true yes true we still have a timeline yeah if i don't get back or hajani is going to replace me and and i won't have a job when i get well, back and it matters you know, yeah maybe. it matters to you yeah Yes, I care very deeply about this tree. I've spent a very significant amount of time with it. I care very deeply what happens to it. Yeah. And I, I think it's important for Eleanor to do some thinking about, and this could be an interesting conversation of of letting her mull on this a little bit before we talk about it again, but, you know, what are, now that the requirement for the, you know, for the figs is removed from her, how you know what are her feelings where does her heart take her you know mm -hmm. and well it, at this moment the oasis is still home right it is it's been you, home it's been 250 years yeah, for a very long time yes. all of her friends are there um and so uh, yeah she's not going to abandon it it's more of just this she hadn't really thought about all this stuff totally you it's know so it was new. gone and then all of a sudden all these all this information is coming in and it's bringing up some pretty big feelings that had been buried sure. and pushed down long ago. Yeah. So, I'd also just like to add that the appeal of going to Nuria Natal, a place of green and, <laughs> <laughs> and growth yes. and life, yes. uh, <laughs> is something that um, Mira finds very, very appealing and... Yep. and not in too much of a rush to leave too hastily. It, I know it's like we gotta go. It's the important thing to do. We gotta go, but oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to leave a place like that after being where we've been for so long. And 
going through what we've been through. I just, I got to see things growing out of the ground. Um, I I, I think we can work a little something into your, your travel montage on the way there of, of maybe, maybe you find a nice little spot that maybe you have a nice little camp out for several days to just recover in a nice little Mm -hmm. oasis along the way of the river that Ooh, those... meditation yoga by the yeah by the river out in the... oh the first time i see grass it's gonna be like yeah for reals you know entangled when like rapunzel first gets out of the tower and she's like <laughs> rolling around in the grass she's like oh my god this is amazing yeah, <laughs> it's gonna be like that so it's interesting because we we have ended up spending a a lot of it just little game game thought when i was working on the various like classes for this um, in an earlier version, I'd had a thing of it if druids had spent too much time away from natural settings that it would cause things. And I'm actually glad that I took it out because you got, you know, again, just like has happened, you often are out of, it's, it's very difficult to control those things. And I think it would have ended up feeling, um, penalizing without, in a bad way. So I'm glad I took yeah. I've been, as I've been doing this, I've been reflecting. I'm like, oh, I'm glad I, I'm glad I took that out. I took it out for other reasons, but I'm, I'm glad I did. So, but I'm glad you've worked it into your aspects. I think that's the right way for that kind of stuff to work out. Yeah, I mean, because I think she is, she does travel, right? I mean, the whole point of of the fig delivery situation is the, you know, the oasis travels, and not every place is as lush as the oasis itself, and that's right. kind of its its appeal. So. Um, yeah, being kind of a fish out of water is fine because she never really expects to be out of water for so, for very long. Yep. But then, yeah, this has been kind of a whole growth experience. (laughs) Cool. Any last thoughts before we wrap up for the night? I think we all have a whole lot to think about after this tonight. Was, this was fun. Yeah, this was a good session. This was intense. This was amazing. I actually really enjoyed you doing the the, the dungeon delve as a as a very accelerated challenge, just because it yeah. felt like we it felt like it just really kind of we got to kind of just jump from high spot to high spot. Yeah, it was a good. Clip. Yeah, that was fun. I I wasn't I haven't actually done that before, so I I, really I enjoyed liked that. that. Well, I hope we get to do it again. I hope you're able to, to uh, fit it in to be able I to will. do that in um, in other scenarios. Oh, we're yeah. going into a big pyramid. I'm oh, boy. sure <laughs> we're going to have a few nights of... Yeah, that oh. will not be a single scene for we're sure. We're going to have to like save up our fate points for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, this was a lot of fun. Thank you, ladies. So have a lovely night. We will pick up next time and think about what you want to do with your with your growing pool of refresh all right good night all right have Have a great night. night thank you bye bye